everyone, and welcome to episode one of 2020 of the Sachin Adam Show. So this yep. is our first um, episode under the new name. So today we have a really, really special guest um, for you. Uh, for full discrepancy, I've worked with Patty before. If you guys <laughs> saw me when I was looking a bit skinny and stuff, this was the man that made it all happy. Happen, sorry. <laughs> um, so today we have on Patrick Roach. So um, Patty is the Fitness First manager at um, Chatswood Fitness First. Uh, he's a former IFBB competitor mm -hmm. in the bodybuilding division, as you can see by the size of these <laughs> arms. I don't and, know your <laughs> And he's also a bodybuilding coach on the side. So he's a very busy man, and we're very lucky to have him on today. Yeah, so I met Patty very briefly um, at Sachin's Bodybuilding Comp. So just for uh, those that are not aware, Sachin went through a period of extreme um, head noise and uncertainty <laughs> during this um, prep where he didn't sleep much and like his eating was really weird, but he managed to do um, really good competition yeah. and it was like really good for his sort of self-development and Patrick was um, the man behind that, yeah. Um, yeah. which is cool. And so, yeah, keen to... You handled it well. <laughs> yeah. you, you did handle it. I, I complained oh. a lot. Yeah, you... you was, I, I was on, like, the receiving end of a lot of the complaining <laughs> and the... Yeah. I, was, the I just got him as, like, an airhead in the gym, like, here are your weights, do this exercise, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting time. But, yeah, yeah if you want to jump into a bit of your story, a bit mm. of your background, um, um, how you got to this place you're in now, which yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I started off as a, you know, fairly skinny kid. Um, when I was going into school, I always wanted to play team sports. Um, I wanted to play footy. Mm. And uh, I kind of asked my dad if I can go in and, and try out for the footy team at, at my school, which was back in the Central Coast of Wyoming. Um, so I went to the tryout, and then the, um, the coach had a, a very quiet word with my dad on the sidelines. Um, I didn't know about this conversation until I was like 15 or 16, but I essentially had a lot of resentment from my dad because I was like, oh, he just didn't want me to play team sports. But from uh, now that I have the information, dad actually said to me, the coach said that he's like, your son's too fragile. He's really? too small to play team sports. Wow. He has to Jeez. beef up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I can share that photo with you guys if, if, if you need it. Yeah, but check yeah. it out after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, from there, I, I never got into team sports. So I was always very, like, um, solitary in, mm. you know, what I did. Um, but when I turned 15, I got introduced into the gym, and that's when I started my kind of career. Yeah. In. Who introduced you to it? My dad. So yeah. he's a long-time serving um, personal trainer. So he's wow. been in the industry for 30-odd years. Yeah. So he started off as my original mentor, and then I kind of moved up, and now I'm kind of teaching him a thing or two now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's good to hear. Yeah. So from that age of 15, you're 26 now, is that correct? Turning 28. 28. Yeah. Wow, you're looking good for your age. Um, what's the, what, what was the big life goals that happened, changes in mindset? Um, man, to be honest, I didn't really have much direction until probably, I might even say, 24 months back. Um, I bounced around different roles. I did like retail into retail management, and then I did sales. I was working for a hospitality supplies company, um, selling fridges and, and you know, ovens <laughs> and yeah. random shit. Um, and then I got into... What age was that, sorry? So that was like all between finishing school. So 17, I, I was just doing the retail thing. And then um, 20, I kind of got into uh, the, the uh, uh, sales bit. Yeah. Um, and then from about 21 until about 20... 
21 to about 24, I got into security and I was doing cash and transit with, with Chubb and Armagard and yep. stuff like that. Did you have a gun on you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I was sat in the back of the van as well. And that's that was like really lazy work as well. So, you know, circadian rhythm gets completely ruined because I'm doing mm. a lot of night shift stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just sitting in a van for eight to 10 yeah. hours. So yeah. were you training really hard during those young years? So you started gymming at 15. What was the sort of intensity like? Um, I kind of got straight into the gym, started mm. seeing some results straight away. And then like that, maybe six months later, I, I was in my first competition. Wow. wow. Yeah. Fire out. Yeah. They had a, uh, it was WB, WNBF, um, World Natural Bodybuilding Federation. Um, and they had like a schoolboys category for like teenagers into TAFE yeah. and uni. Um, so I did my first three competitions in that first year yeah. of wow. jumping into the gym. So wow. And That's was the diet and all the other stuff accompanying the gym? Yeah, man. Yeah. So that was like, and we're going back to like old school bodybuilding. Yeah. It's like chicken and broccoli for yeah. three it's to like four It's like our normal meals. meals. No one used to count calories back then, right? No, no. Mm. It was just like... Like there was an idea of energy out versus energy in and you obviously need to play with that balance and sit yourself as a de- at a deficit, but it was essentially like, no, you're still, you're still putting yeah. on weight or holding yeah. weight, so just eat less. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was no real like number counting or anything like yeah. that back mm. then. It was just, well, you're still, you're still not as lean as we want you, so let's eat less. Yeah. So it was, it was, a, it was a broken down science, especially like compared to what it is now and what I was yeah. doing with you, like yeah. kind of balancing things out so you yeah. can still perform but still get the results that we want. Um, it, it was very much like old school bodybuilding back yeah. then. Yeah, we'll talk mm. about it if it fits your macros a bit later because yeah. I think yeah. that's something interesting for a lot of people. So yeah, that, that variation, that started in the gym, you probably obviously put on a lot of size mm-hmm. and then you were working in retail. Yeah. Um, I'm until you said 21, 22? Yeah. What happened after that? Um, so it was after the, those first couple of comps like, you got to realize like I was in high school, none of my other friends were dieting yeah. or doing anything like that. Yeah. So I think like, you're you weird would at understand the time. that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And it was probably less popular then than it is now. hundred oh, percent, mm. man. hundred percent. So like it was an unknown kind of thing that I was doing. I was rocking yeah. up to school with like fake tan on. And, yeah. oh, <laughs> so been really weird. weird. <laughs> For everyone. Um, so that kind of happened while I was in, and after that year, it got very broken up. Like, I ruined my experience with the gym. I ruined my experience with with eating. So I was just kind of eating everything in sight and just yeah. lifting for an ego. Yeah. And that's when mm. a lot of injuries happen, which I still work on now. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where I was at in that time. And that kind of went up until far out 20, like 21, 22. Yeah. Had to get into my next competition just to make something happen. So, mm. so, so you was put that on a lot of weight in that time? I put on a massive amount of weight. The the heaviest I got was 112. Wow. Like yeah. I was quite fat. Yeah. Um, and then I lost 12 kilos by myself. And then I chose a coach to get re- get me ready for a comp in 12 weeks. Wow. So in the space of about... Four months, I lost about 32 kilos. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Did, what were the sort of effects on you losing weight that quickly? Oh, it's never, it's it's never healthy, man. Yeah. It's never healthy. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a broken skew, which I'm trying to break up for mm. the um, bodybuilding industry. And it's yeah. like, oh, you know, the fitness lifestyle and everything like that. But mm. it's like, you would have seen Sachin. It's, it's not healthy. Yeah. You know, it's not sustainable. It's nothing that you can hold on to. Like, for any type of comp prep, like, especially for myself, like, I know what it is to get rid of 25 kilos in 12 weeks yeah. plus. So 
you know, for myself, I know that's not healthy because mm. I put on 15 kilos within three weeks after. Yeah. You know, and that was a lot of water retention and, you know, I had gout and my, my ankles were swelling up mm. and it was disgusting stuff happening. So you just kind of bounce straight back up. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. Um, so, yeah, man, that, they're the kind of effect, effects that you're dealing with if you go for that quote-unquote transformation. So, yeah. so, so coming back to it, that, um, that eating where you put on that huge amount of weight till mm. you're about 23 or whatever before yeah. that comp, was that primarily driven by the effects of that first comp had on your body or was it more just you wanted to get really big? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, and this is something that I work with a lot of people first, like now when I do a comp prep, it's like, okay, you're going to sign up with me for six months yeah. because Ideally, if I can do anything, I'd like to try to almost pull you away from getting on stage because if you are jumping on stage and your why for doing it isn't yeah. big enough, mm. yeah. then... I remember getting, we had those conversations. Yeah, you, you're getting into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Like, if you just want to get up there because, you know, it's something to do, then, you know, you've got to kind of weigh it up. You're, you're, you're dealing with a, a, like, you're playing a game of survival yeah. and that's mm. kind of, like, from a biological perspective, uh, perspective that's not a game you should really yeah. play these are biological adaptations that you're yeah. just kind of forcing because we know it can happen yeah um so it's nothing it's nothing that i would play with and, and that's why for myself when i did that and i lost that 25 or 25 to 30 kilos you know i didn't have that why in my head i just mm. knew i needed to lose a heap of weight yeah yeah well there's healthier ways of doing what it. was your why at the time was that ego that was or was it. that... No, that was it. So I know I had known that I've been in the bodybuilding kind of area before and it's something that I've done. So yeah. it was like, it was familiar ground to me. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't realise was, like I didn't realise, I ignored the fact that I've got all this extra weight that I had to lose. When I was yeah. 15, I pretty much walked onto stage because, mm. I, you know, hormones are through the roof, yeah. testosterone's at a new level. Like you're picking up weights and your body's just yeah. wanting to adapt at that yeah. age. Um, that was the best time when like yeah. you were 16 yeah, months old. You could look at a dumbbell and put on like <laughs> yeah, an dude, intro. I arms. miss newbie gains. Like I've got clients who get newbie gains and like 20 kilos up on their bench and they're yeah. gaining weight like crazy. Mm, yeah. For me, like a 10% uplift in a year is a massive win. Yeah. Whereas they're getting 40 to 50%. Mm. Um, but yeah, back to that, it's like, you know, I, I ignored the fact that I had all this extra weight that I had to lose. So... It was just shock and awe. Like every day was just a further deficit, 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 yeah. deficit, deficit. Yeah. I got down to like lower than a thousand calories at one point. Wow. What, yeah. What's the equivalent of that to like just normal food? You probably eat like at least 3,000 a day. Okay. Yeah. So a third, that of, that. A third yeah. of that. Yeah, exactly. So that's at my lowest, I was eating 1,600. Yeah. And mm. obviously I'm not as big as Patty as well. Mm. So that's just like literally nothing. Yeah. That's like a subway and mm. you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So coming back to that why, what do you see like a lot of people that you come across like pursuing bodybuilding for? Like what what's the right why and what's like the wrong why? The right why is to... Actually, I'll go, I'll go the other way because the right why is a very simple quote, uh, mm. answer. The wrong why is I want to get up and, and get lean and I want to get shredded okay. because I want to look good on stage yeah. and I want to increase my Instagram following. Yeah. And get the I girls. Become, <laughs> okay. Like we get a lot of um, people that come into the fitness industry. Um, they want to do it because it look, kind of looks good on their mm. CV. Like, you know, there's a lot of different reasons as to why it's the wrong idea. Mm. But the biggest one is... Oh, I want to. I want to do a transformation. I want to lose weight. Yeah. So they jump into a comp. 
Yeah. If I can quickly interject as well, like when you're getting this lean, yeah. a lot of people say it's for girls, right? Or like a, yeah, a girl will like me from this lean. You mm. literally not don't have the sex drive to even think about a girl yeah, when you're that lean. Yeah. So it's yeah. very counterintuitive. Told me a lot about that. It's like you couldn't even think of like sex drive. It just wasn't no. there for like months, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. and surely that's not healthy. Yeah, exactly. Doses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. right, and, and and that's the thing. Like when you're getting down to like sub level body fat, like you were shredded. Yeah. Mm. Like there's certain systems in the body that it's like, okay, well, we're trying to get this adaptation. We're just going to start like flicking the switch on different things that need to happen. And sex drives one of those switches Yeah. where it's just like fucking turn it off. We yeah. need to survive. Does it come back after a while after you do shredding or is like, is it until you well, get to yourself, a normal yeah. equilibrium? Yeah. And no, I came back after a like few Like even weeks. while you were shredding? Yeah. So, no, no, no. When I started putting on weight again, it comes okay, back. Okay. Mm. Um, honestly, like from, you can, um, you can rebut this, but I think that getting that lean is safer when you're on performance enhancing drugs for things like se sex oh, drive and all those kinds of things. 100%. Okay. Right, Why is that? Because basically what you're doing is you're, you're dropping down, you know, like I said, sub-level body fat. Yeah. The body just starts shutting things off. So yeah. things like testosterone production, it's not a massive, like, it's, it's not a massive, like, oh, I, I need to have this. I mm. need to have this. Because everything that we ever do is like, we need to have these systems in place in order to survive and for okay. our race to survive. Yeah. That's just biology. Yeah. What, what we're designed to do is walk, breathe, and reproduce. Okay. Right? When you're getting down to that low, your body's saying, I'm going to die. Yeah. So Shit. I need, like, getting laid is not a high priority. Mm. Reproducing is not a high priority if I'm dead. Because mm. that's essentially what's happening. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the... Um, Coming back to your original question, yeah. the right why is because I want a future in competing. Mm. I respect the sport. Yeah. That's what about, so Sachin largely did this for like a self-development reason. Yeah. He wanted to, so you, what did you want? You sort of wanted to see I, if you could overcome I, this. I, you could I, overcome I felt anything. like in my, like in my life, I will, everything was kind of coming easy. I wanted something that would completely shock mm. me and get me right out of my yep. comfort zone. And it did. Like I spoke on the podcast before when I came out of that comp. I was literally like, I'm not constrained by my work ethic at all. I can yeah. do, I can accomplish anything I want mm -hmm. to. And for me, that wasn't future competitions. I want to put my work ethic into other things, um, areas that I'm more passionate about. But it, it did do that for me. Yeah. If that's the right decision, I think mm. there's probably very only very few people that that would actually be the right decision mm. for. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, it wouldn't. Yeah. And there are dangers with it. There are dangers. But like for me, it was one of the best experiences of my life, yeah. especially working with Patty. But I, there are people that go the wrong way after it. Oh, so. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's such a like it's a very slippery slope and we had conversations even like yeah. two, three weeks up until mm. up until the comp where it was like, Do you, is this something that you need to do? Yeah. You know, because it's like with the way that it's going and, and the and like the industry itself is building so quickly, like season A now goes for like three or four months where it used to just okay. be like one month all your federations would yeah. have all their all their competitions. Now it's like almost every other weekend there's a competition. Mm. So it's getting popular as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's that's kind of what makes it good for a person in my position who who wants to make sure that people are healthy. Like if this isn't going to be something that you're going to pursue for a long period of time, let's just nail this one comp. Mm -hmm. And if it's if we're going to nail this one comp, let's push it out for another three, four months if we need to, yeah. so that we can make sure that you're not just going to like. Because I I'm, I'm not a I'm not a micro thinker. I'm thinking macro all yeah. the time. Yeah. So. What is the next 
12 to 14 weeks okay. going to impact in your future in mm. 24 to 28 weeks. Yeah, yeah. and that, I think that was super good because I was doing that internship at the time, full-time uni, yeah. and Paddy mm. was like really looking out for me. Like he was like, mm. dude, this is a lot. Like let's rethink this and stuff, which is something I actually really did need to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's a mindset that needs to come over the industry yeah. as, as a whole. It's not just about making a quick buck off someone. It's literally like, the things you can you can tell someone right now can fuck up the rest of their life Absolutely. potentially. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. are like some of the extremes that you've heard of, like from your clients or just other, other bodybuilders? Like maybe in terms of like, like how it affects your relationships, your sleep, like what are some of the stories you have? Well, this is something that like, a conversation that I'll always have with people because you know, for, for you to do something like this, it's yeah. a very, very selfish endeavor. Like yeah. it is, yeah. like we, we both know that and yeah. we've, we've mm. both done it and I've coached people through it. Yeah. It's, it's a super, super selfish endeavor. It does no good for anyone. Mm. Arguably not even yourself. Like you get a trophy and you're like, how much work did we put in? Like yeah. we put in like 12 to 14 weeks and you're yeah. up on stage for how long? Yeah, a few minutes. Mm. Exactly. So you need to like, like you've got to like actually put it on the scale, sit down yeah. and have a hard conversation with yourself. Am I willing to do this with myself? So yeah. you kind of have that conversation and you, and you put down your why and it needs to be solid and cemented. Yeah. But then you need to also have a wires into like, you know, why is this going to be of any benefit to anyone else? Because yeah. I'm not going to be like, if you have a spouse, if you have kids, yeah. they're, the, they're the people that suffer. Yeah. Like so you're need, not. Sounds the, like you need them to support you. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. It needs to be a discussion that's had with everyone within your tight circle. Mm. Because it's like, if I were to do it, you know, I've got 30 personal trainers who look to me for support and development. Yeah. So if I were to do a comp, I need to make sure that everything's in place yeah. so that those guys are supported because I'm not going to have the brain power to think about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so is it literally thing. you feel like you don't have the mental energy to deal with like sort of other people's problems and issues? Like Yeah, down to down to the last, I would say, eight to eight weeks out of the comp. Yeah. Um, that's when things are really starting to like, that's when we're trying to look at things and go, okay, sweet, the, the, the door that we're looking to walk through is, you know, a couple hundred meters. Sure. And we're still just kind of walking at a pace that's not going to get us there, mm. right? So, um, with with that kind of stuff, it's like we need to dial things in really tight. Like, yeah. look at your carbohydrates. We're going to take some stuff. Okay. Like your everything's main source of as fuel a, is, is as a counter to that though. Like, although it is super hard and your brain capacity mm. isn't there, it shows you what you're capable of. Cause mm. in, in that, in that same, when I was doing the comp, yeah. I had my best marks ever at uni. I did quite well in that internship yeah. I was yeah. doing. And it yeah. kind yeah. of reverberated into a lot of different areas. It switches you into this mode where it's like yeah. everything I'm doing, I'm going to do it hard. Like if yeah. I was studying for 30 minutes, I was fucking studying yeah. for 30 minutes. Yeah. There was yeah. no second way about yeah. it, which you, you do develop that mentality. So yeah. some, I feel like that counteracts the lack of mental balance a little mm. bit. And also you're having a lot more caffeine. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, caffeine helps at the best of times anyway. So, but with that, like it takes a very, like you're a, of a person of a different breed. Yeah. Right. If you haven't got work ethic already, you, you should, you probably shouldn't be doing a comp. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're happy with, you know, kind of sitting at the job that you're at and you have no ambition to build, then you probably shouldn't, shouldn't be doing mm, a comp. Yeah. You know, if you have trouble with your finances and you can't, like this is, this is one thing that I'll say to a lot of people when they come on to, um, coach with me for physique coaching is I'll give them calories and macros and it's a lot of numbers right so you need to budget this budget this budget that and one of the first questions I'll have for them now is do you run your life to a budget I'll say why and I'm like well if you can't run your life to a budget then how are you going to budget for your carbohydrates yeah. every day? because 
if you can't be relentless with something like that, then you're not going to get the results here. Yeah. Mm. So we need to look at a different strategy. Okay. Um, and on that comp topic, something I've been thinking about a lot recently, I went to this Tom Billu, I don't know if you know, he's the impact theory founder. Oh, yes, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So he, I went to his seminar the other day and a quote he said was that the only thing that matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. And I, and I feel like all of these kinds of actions, like these comps, these actually sticking to your calories every day, even if you, even if you go uh, 10 calories over, it's not going to mm. make a huge difference to your physique, but it's just owing that to yourself. Yeah. And he, mm. he says that's one of the ways you build a lot of self-love and a lot of self-respect by constantly doing yeah. things hard and just yeah. keeping true to yourself when you say something. And I think bodybuilding really amplifies that in some yeah. ways because you're every single day, every single minute, you're making a decision that you're going to stick by what you said to yourself. 100%. Yeah. And that... And and if you take that, like, from bodybuilding, and this is something that I'll, like, I do a lot of mindset coaching with yeah. my guys because yeah. if we're not going to get them food, then we need to have some kind of, you know, energy and in them. And run on to, gratitude. To yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, with, with this kind of stuff, it's like you need to be able to be thankful for the fact that you, not that you had less food that day. Don't be thankful mm. for that, but be thankful for the fact that, you had the discipline to be able to carry it out yeah. and get you to somewhere that sure. you weren't at at the current yeah. stage. Yeah. Right? And that's and that's something that I'll, you know, people say, man, I'm doing it really tough. And it's like, dude, you are getting the results that you wanted. Yeah. Mm. You are doing so, so well. And yeah. you need to remember that before how, how you know, tough things are. Yeah. yeah. Just touching on that point of mindset. So when you were in like your early 20s, you did some of your big comps. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like your, the mindset that you gained was reverberating into other areas of your life? So did you start like sort of reading, taking care of like everything else? Or was your life just sort of like narrow focus on bodybuilding? Like how was your business? And, and, ex and extending on that, that like we talked before how you went through this big shift in mindset. Yeah. Like Paddy gets up really early, gets the gratitude. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, you seem to have like a kind of an indestructible mindset. Mm. Like how did you build something like yeah. that? Um, for me, it was like, there was a lot of failures that, that happened, you know, so with my PT business, it's failed twice already. Mm. And, you know, it's put me in a whole heap of debt, um, in the past, which I'm, you know, I'm still paying for now. So, mm. you know, it's unfortunate, but I, I think kind of, f for me personally, it was kind of one thing was like, I'm just sick of being mediocre. So something's got to change. So is there any pivotal moment where that happened? Um, the pivotal moment for myself was me being kind of, I had, I had a flat tire. I was stuck on the side of the road called NRMA. They needed to replace a tire. And it was, I've always, at this point, I've always lived like week by week, yeah. week by week, week by week, wait for the next payday. Um, you know, uh, silently owe people money here so I can pay them yeah. next week and always be behind. Mm. So this guy rocks up and he changes the tire and then I go to pay and it's like constantly declining. And I'm like, I've mm. been there before and it's, and it's done that. And I'm like, I'm so fucking sick of this. Yeah. Mm. You know, so that was the kind of point, like I had to call my sister out, stuck in my car. Like I didn't want to keep the car on cause it was going to go dead. Yeah. You know, shit. running out of petrol. And I'm like, man, it's just a, yeah. Like, and, and take this with a grain of salt. I don't have it like tough. Like yeah. I'm, I'm very blessed. Yeah. You know, People that come to me, they, they they pay me for teaching them how to do bicep curls, you know, and how to get big and <laughs> it's get good shredded. Life. You know, it's 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 a re I'm really blessed with everything that I have. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like it all kind of draws in because at the same time when I was like, I'm just fucking sick of being mediocre. Mm. It was all kind of like 
at the same time, like, I'm really thankful that I have this car yeah. that can get me from A to B, though. And it was kind of all these little revelations were happening at, at the same time. I don't think that it happens for a lot of people like yeah. that. Um, but I was stuck with, like, all these revelations, and then I finally got home, like, hours after finishing work, and I still had work to do. And then I finished that, and I was st- sat on the couch, and I was like, I, I need I need someone to teach me how to adult. Yeah. Like, how to do life. <laughs> yeah. And, Something we don't get taught in school. No, that's mm. right. And, you know, like, my dad was a very hard worker. Um, all credit to him. He worked really hard for me to be able to do certain things, like, in my childhood. Like, mm. you know, get food on the table and stuff like that. Single yeah. parent, two kids. But because he wasn't home, I, yeah. I didn't get that kind of mentoring. Yeah. So I kind of had to find my feet by myself. And me finding my feet by myself put me in that position. Yeah. So then another realization was like, I'm, I want to do everything that I can to make sure that no one else is sat in this kind of position that I'm in. Because it's mm. just, it's not the worst thing in the world. Like if there's a, a global ranking of who has it yeah. tough, yeah. <laughs> like I can't talk. Yeah. You know, I'm doing all right. But it's just like a shitty spot, yeah. a shitty spot to be in. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to take all these, like what do I look at for my coaching and what are the, what are the principles that I have? And all of it just comes down to um, you know, relentless consistency, you know, okay, so if I'm going to have habits in my day, like waking up at a certain time, then I'm going to fucking do it every mm. single day. And do, do, do you think time. that built your kind of self-love coming from that position to coming now? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, I, the first thing I did, I started getting up early and for whatever reason, I wasn't seeing like, I wasn't seeing like tangible results from it. I'm like, yeah. oh, this isn't doing anything for me. I'm just yeah. losing a couple of hours sleep. <laughs> so then I, I started like, I started from there, like looking at like to-do lists and it was, it's, it's a lot of learning, but I started with like to-do lists and sure enough, I started seeing myself, you know, ticking things off more efficiently throughout mm. the day and then ticking multiple things off, getting more efficient. And then all of a sudden I start tracking all these different trackables and I'm like, okay, well, what else can I add to improve efficiency? And then came in, you know, the cold showers. And for me, the cold showers is like, you know, dealing well under pressure. Yeah. You do know? you start every morning with a cold shower? Yeah, man. Is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah, every morning. So 5 a.m. I wake up and very... It's, and it's often the hardest thing you think you do all day. Yeah. So it yeah. just like, it sets yeah, you exactly. up. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'll sit in, I'll do like five minutes. And I'm like... Five Fuck. minutes. <laughs> That's pretty intense. Yeah. So I'll do like five minutes and I'll be like, and I'll do like um, block breathing. What's that? Like meditation sort of stuff? Or? Yeah. So it's basically just like trying to control that diaphragmatic breathing while under mm. pressure. And essentially for me, that's like a metaphor for anything else. So that's a super, super highly stressful environment. Like yeah. I've got cold water beaming down on me, but I choose to be in that stressful mm. situation. Think of what you can control in uncertainty sort exactly. of, or under pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And controlling my controllables, I can, I can still breathe. Mm. And at the end of the day, when I've had that cold shower and then I hit the rest of my day and then all of a sudden um, something will happen at work, all systems will go down or, you know, payments won't come through or... Yeah you know, something big happens, I can just remind myself that I'm still breathing yeah. and I can control that. And say, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not in any imminent danger. Yeah. That's all awesome. I can deal with this. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I bring back into my coaching as well. It's yeah. like, you know, yes, you are starving. It's really, really hungry. Have you still got oxygen? Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, things aren't so that So that's bad. just like yeah. gratitude sort of underpinning everything. 100%. Yeah. And it's down to like the lowest integer. So when I do my gratitude now, it started off with big things where I was, where I do my journaling at the end of the day. I was mm. like, 
what am I grateful for? And th- for that first day, I was like, I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to call my sister to bail me out of a tough mm. situation. Yeah. And now it's to the point where, you know, I look for even smaller things that, that I'm thankful for. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I see in colour. Mm. like tiny little things because then yeah. it's like you know when big things do happen once again it's like yeah but I've got I can see in colour yeah it's just like a really good perspective to have pretty yeah. much gives perspective yeah 100% yeah. and it's for that like for that as well like I had to I, I stopped being so needy on material goods yeah because I was like I don't need to be fancy I'm sweet yeah, yeah. so that's sort of self-love in a sense like you felt a lot more calm and like comfortable with who you were. You didn't need the outside things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like mm. I used to, I, I used to like earn my money, and like I didn't have a why as a coach. Like, why am I doing this? Mm. So then I'd go try to validate myself by buying like yeah. nice things, like shoes. Like, I've got so many shoes; it's unnecessary. Yeah. But now it's like I earn my money, but that's not the reward. That's just a vehicle for me to mm. be able to help more people. The reward is now, well, I got him on stage and we got him some medals and he looks sick. Yeah. You know, and, he, great. and he was able to, you know, yeah. crush his internship and now it, crush it, yeah. uni. It's sort of like a life coach it, in the sense yeah. of what you're doing. It's not just the body, but it's the mind, it's the spirit. Yeah. It's discipline. And I think, it. I almost think that's the most important part, right? Mm. Yeah. And the, probably the most rewarding part. We, we need to finish up, but yeah. if there's one thing you want to leave the audience with, um, 18 to 25 year old people at university, what would it be? Relentless consistency. If you're going to do anything, do it 100%. Have a clear vision on what it is that you want to do. Be yeah. relentless with it and just hold your trajectory mm, towards zero nothing. that. And, and, it, and it will work out, right? Eventually. 100%. You build momentum. Like It seems yes. like you built a lot of momentum from that day when you, mm. your card got declined yeah. to where you are now. It's just constant decisions every day and building yeah. that momentum. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good cool. leaving message. And you um, owe it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we've got to cut it short there. We're about to get kicked out. Probably would have loved to talk for another, like, a yeah, lot. Like, we talked for hours about yeah, this sort yeah. of stuff. We'll get, we'll get but, um, Patty on again, but that was yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Thanks for that. No worries. Thanks, guys.